0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing Eastside Jiu-Jitsu and that's Badass Wood Art. Remember to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel to help us grow and when we get to 3,100 followers, we're giving away some Lake Monster apparel, including a hat that looks just like the one I am currently wearing. Um, We haven't really formally announced this, by the way, but every Monday morning, it typically will be. Post Vikings game, but since we had a Thursday game, we decided to just wait, wait it out. But Miles and myself will be going live, not live, but recording, um, to kind of give a recap on what, on what we think. We're calling it Vikings happy hour still, but internally we're calling it Monday morning with Matt and Miles. All the alliteration that you could want is here. So, so let's, let's dive into that, Miles. Let's dive into last Thursday's game. Um, It feels like forever ago that the Vikings almost came back in Philadelphia. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But again, losing thirty-four to twenty-eight with just a bunch of self-inflicted wounds. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to to tell this team. Like you had a you had a really good opportunity again, and if you just eliminate some of those mistakes, it really feels like this team could have been two and zero.
1: Yeah, um, I think the, the the tough part there is the the personnel and defense just does not match well against the the Eagles, especially against their run game, as we saw. Because the the one thing that the Eagles are good at is the, building their trenches. Like that that team on both sides of the ball is just stacked. And those guys, I don't know, I, I don't know who we need to talk to to get figured out the trenches <laughs> on our end. But like maybe we could steal somebody from the Eagles that that's working over there to get that done because. Once so the Vikings defensive game plan was at least obvious to me on screen was we just we decided we were going to not let Jalen Hurts beat us with his feet or with his through the air, essentially, like because of how dynamic Jalen Hurts is. And they they do a lot of running the ball with him. The Vikings decided we're going to go a little leaner and have more speed on the field to keep up with that, but to keep up with that and contain that. Um, And in in theory is a really good idea because that's the one guy you want to stop you don't want to let Jalen Hurts get, get loose let him be like the dynamic runner he is but also like mm-hmm. have explosive plays in the pass game that's what this team does um they're not really like a um like old school hand the ball off 35 times a game and and pound it down your you know down your throats the way um other teams are but um i think that shift happened pretty quickly for the eagles because yes. the vikings their game plan worked to start the game it was contain jalen hurts and limit the explosive passing game, and I know Devonte Smith had a couple really big plays, but like outside of that, the the pass game for the Eagles was very minimal, and I think that was a success for the Vikings defense. But then the Eagles saw that they were rolling out at nose tackle Harrison Phillips with Patrick Jones and Daniel Hunter playing <laughs> defensive line, and then you got your your inside linebackers playing outside linebacker, and then you got you know Josh Mintellas at linebacker, like a lot of these smaller guys, speedier guys you know, playing in positions that would normally be for bigger players. Yeah. And um, that positionless football that that uh that flow B flow likes to call it. But the tough part there is the Eagles recognized that pretty quickly in the second half in the second quarter and said, all right, well we we'll, if you're not gonna <laughs> we'll get six, seven yards a, a clip on the on the ground and with DeAndre Swift. And it, it just kept working. And it just kept going and going yeah. and going. And one of those situations where the Vikings didn't really have a counterpunch to that um because if they tried to get beefier then you're then then I think that's when we we have saw them adjust to Jalen Hurts running the ball or Devontae Smith, AJ Brown getting more one-on-one opportunities on the outside. So it the defense just really struggled to have a really good match, a uh, matchup against the Eagles offense when the Eagles can pivot their entire scheme to just running the ball and having 200 and what 59 yards on the ground something like that. So yeah, yeah,
0: it was it was pretty unreal. And to your point, I, I they had um yeah two fifty nine, they did do like a a like game plan wise. If your if your goal was to stop Jalen Hurts yep. from beating you in the air and on the ground, they did a pretty good job. Like stat stat line wise, Jalen Hurts eighteen to twenty three for one hundred ninety three yards, and then rushing only thirty five yards. Like that's pretty good for this team. But it, but yeah. but DeAndre Swift looked like he was back in college all of a sudden and went for, you know, 175 yards and that, that one drive specifically in the second half, it was just demoralizing to just yeah. like, you knew what they were doing every single play and you just couldn't stop it until they scored. And so.
1: Yeah. Kind of reminded me of the, the, was it the Christmas Eve game against the saints a few years ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like they just lined up and said, try it. Like good luck stopping us. Essentially, we'll stop
0: doing this when you can stop us.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's literally old school football. Like that's like Mike Zimmer. I know you hated that game, but like that was like what Mike Zimmer wanted in football. Like that's football to Mike Zimmer, right? <laughs> like that's that's what some of these old school coaches love. Like they like especially O line coaches. Like they want to just you know pound the ball. Yeah, are you concerned about our defense at all? I think it's all about the matchup for this team because the personnel just doesn't fit some of those areas like last like on on last night on thursday if the vikings had like a true nose tackle like harrison phillips i've said this in the past and this is no slight to harrison phillips harrison phillips being your best defense interior defensive tackle who doesn't have really much of a pass rush but he's also not like a true nose tackle he's a good um run run defending like interior defensive lineman like in that like there's value there but you don't have anybody that's really like a a a two-gap clogger that a guy that can like like literally just take up space and mm-hmm. take on two blocks and, and defeat the middle so that your linebackers can have free, free run through the gaps, especially against the Eagles on Thursday, who were running a lot of the a gap up the middle, you know, types of, uh, you know, uh, power, get power, uh, power dives. And, and, Oh, I can't remember what they're calling it gun. Um, I, Josh Mattel tell uh, kind of called that what they call that. But, um, but essentially um, we don't have that guy in the middle to really like, you know, I, I, I said on uh, um on Purple Daily on draft is that there's a little bit of like we're really missing like that Christian Wilkins, that Dexter Lawrence, that like true big space eating guy. But that can also rush the passer.
0: Well, that's why and, this offseason, yeah. too, we were we were pushing for guys like Mozzie Smith
1: or yeah, yeah, yep.
0: Keanu Benton. And I'm just giving myself a no, Ben's
1: a good one, though, because he fits that like mold of like he's like that kind of like a tweener. He's not a true nose tackle. But he also yep. gives you a lot of. Um, he's a good uh, run defender, but it gives you that uh, that pass that, rush that you need. Yeah, he's
0: got that pass rush, and he can kind of like. Long are the days of us having you know Linball Joseph and mm-hmm. Michael Pierce and you name it. Um, but yeah, you can you can tell that defensive line misses that presence there.
1: Yeah. Well, even like, uh, even uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, like yeah, like he's not like a true nose tackle either. But he's a big body. I think him and Harrison Phillips did a good job last year because they paired with each other. It wasn't just like it wasn't Harrison Phillips is now basically on his own with Dean Lowry and whatever other guy they put in, whether it's um, Kyrus Tonga um, and those things. So it's it's really tough to have Harrison Phillips kind of be that like do all interior D lineman when he's not like he's not big enough to be that guy. And that's just not his game. So it's tough.
0: There's three guys I want to call out on the defensive side before we switch to the offense. The first one is Ivan Pace, who is on pace to potentially be rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year with just how stellar he's playing. Um, There were a couple plays that I watched when I went back and watched the film. You know, he's just shedding double blocks against these like just massive guards and making plays on Jalen Hurts, who's not a small quarterback. Um, and just the way he 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 penetrates those gaps and, and creates pressure on his own, um, he's just—it's crazy. It, it, it's just—we've talked about it last week, but it's just crazy how well he's been playing through two games.
1: Yeah, he's—it's it's it's pretty crazy how good that guy has been, and like he's obviously your best in, inside linebacker already. Like, and I don't think it's close. Um, there's obviously small things, like he's a smaller linebacker, so he's gonna get. There's situations against the run where if you're going to go power, like, yeah, he's, he's really good at shedding blocks, so I don't want to, like, take that away from him. But there's also times where a big guy's going to get his hands mm-hmm. on him and he's not going to be able to do much about it because that's yeah. just the nature of the game. And you saw some of that on Thursday. But I also think, again, that goes back to that nose tackle. Like, if you have a bigger guy in front of him that's beefier that can help him um, take those guys from getting that second level as quickly. That mm-hmm. helps guys like Ivan Pace who are so good at reading and reacting. And that guy's just like a missile when he comes downhill. Like, yeah. he's so good at just going to make those plays. So um I, yeah, I, I think Ivan Pace has looked really good. He's obviously been a, a bright spot on that team that who's desperately needed a defensive bright spot, a young guy to come up and step up early in their in their career that you're not like worried about over the next few years. It's like a is that a position that's a position you hope that's like locked down. Like yep. that's one guy locked in, solidified, like and I know Don't it's a game two, it. two games, but like to start his career that's one of those positions that's crazy building out like the long-term plan. That's a position you should have solidified.
0: Yeah. The other two I was going to call out was uh, I think cam Bynum cam Bynum has played really well and is reading the field. Great. He's, he's always like, you talk about a missile. He's always near the ball. Um, And it may be because they're kind of deploying those, you know, six DBs um, and he's got just more ability to fly around the ball um but also you are I think the, I
1: think the de- well real quick I think the defensive scheme allows him a little bit more of that freedom whereas the last game he was just playing so much more shell defense and he was he didn't have an he didn't have the the freedom to be able a little bit more like a, um aggressive because mm-hmm. he had just he had just focused so much on the deep ball and and playing deep coverage and I'm not I, I think Adonnell got a lot of flack and there's a lot of reason for it but um I think Brian Flores's like defensive scheme fits the Zimmer scheme and that, that's where a lot of these players come from. Yeah. And I know, I know they started to turn over their roster on defense, but like a lot of these core players, Cam Bynum was one of those guys, Harrison Smith. Those guys come from that aggressive style of play where they have a little bit more of the true freedom to to play more free. And so that, that's one, that's one thing I think from Bynum's perspective perspective that we're really getting to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's been, it's been awesome to kind of see him progress through the years. And, um, yeah. Speaking of guys probably due for a contract soon. Um, Maybe we'll get one, um, especially with Harrison Smith getting older. But the last defensive guy I wanted to call out is your guy. Um, Pounded the table for him. Almost predicted the signing. Byron Murphy through two games has been really, really well. Played really, really well. Um, I thought the way he kind of locked down A.J. Brown last week uh, was phenomenal. Um, And I don't know if you went back and watched that specific pass breakup, but the way he just reads and reacts. uh, I thought that was
1: going the other way. I I thought that was – (laughs) the throw location is probably the only reason that ball wasn't a pick six but like that was that was that was legit
0: but it's it's nice to know that for for the first time since probably xavier rhodes in his prime like i feel confident that nothing's really going to happen on byron murphy's side of the field wherever he is um i'm sure there will be instances where, where, where where things happen but for the most part i feel pretty confident that things will be okay on byron murphy's side of the field
1: yeah he he's playing a lot more on the outside than i think they My i don't know if i think the josh mattelis role is great um for, for mattelis and i think this defense but i think i want i do wonder if they envisioned a little bit more of murphy in the inside um so that he could be a little bit more of a roamer but i think with this this new makeshift defense murphy murphy on the outside has done like you said he's done a really good job um but um, yeah, I I don't view him as like a true lockdown. But he's good in this scheme where he gets to he gets to play aggressive. He gets to play in your face if he needs to. He you know he's that type of like versatile cornerback that you're really looking for. That um, that and that inside out versatility I love too. And so like big fan of what he's been able to do the first two weeks. And then I know we haven't touched on it too, but I think a Caleb Evans another like another big game, another good game of I, there's a couple plays like obviously the Devonte Smith touchdown, the touchdown yeah. And I think that overshadows the rest of his game though, because, and, and it, it's fair, it's a fair point because it was a big play. Like, like that was obviously a huge play. Um, but I think overall, and I, I think going into this season, you can't act like you don't expect some of these things to happen to Nikhil mm-hmm. Evans who only had what a 150, 200 snaps last year. So yeah. he's, he's still green. And so you're, you're hoping that those, those mistakes get fixed. But at the same time, I still think there's, there's the ability and, um, he's he's had a lot of, he's put a lot of good things on tape as well um and being that big physical long corner who's got explosion explosion um I just think I really I really like what I've seen from him as well
0: yeah it is a little disappointing to still only see Andrew Booth on special teams but
1: him and Lewis uh, seen both
0: yeah but we'll, we'll see if as the season progresses maybe they they get a little bit more comfortable you, with it
1: do we want to talk about that quick like I know people. We can either so the, talk about
0: it here or Wednesday.
1: <laughs> right. Well, it's got to so, be, a,
0: it's got to be a conversation.
1: It has to be, but well, real quick. So like, obviously Josh mattel got hurt, got banged up. Sounds like he's okay. That's a friend of the show. Like we hope Josh is okay. Sounds like the x-rays were negative on his shoulder. That's great. He came back in the game, but when he came out, I, I think, I don't know what people thought expectations there, but instead of. Switching everything up or putting Lewisine and they put Theo Riddick, or Theo Riddick. I'm I'm going back. I'm going back a few years. Um, Theo strategy. Jackson, right, right. Uh, Theo Jackson came in and I know he had a really nice pick. Um, he also gave up a, a big play against uh, Devontae Smith, but he's the one that came in and played that like big nickel li- inside linebacker role um, that you might have thought maybe Lewisine was gonna was gonna get an opportunity to do. So it, it kind of shows you the pecking order a little bit of like where Scene sits and Booth because you know, both those guys are kind of re- relegated to special teams duty only. Um, yeah. And it, se- it seems like only um, in emergency, like, injury situations are they going to get an opportunity to play on defense right now. So, I would be it's just an interesting time to, like, think about if they'll ever get an opportunity again
0: or win. Yeah, and I'm just looking here right now. I'm looking at total snaps for that game. Um, yeah, I mean – on the defensive side of the ball, we didn't even see Andrew Booth. Mackay Blackman got 14 snaps.
1: Yeah, he's you know, limited too. Like they're they're keeping it. They're keeping they're real, that big the 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 uh, positionless defense kind of like their base, where yeah. it's Josh Metellus and Mike Murphy and Evans on the outside.
0: Yeah, it's the, the top four snaps on the team last week were Byron Murphy, Cam Bynum, Harrison Smith, and a Caleb Evans. Wow. And then that's and then wow.
1: yeah. That worries me a little bit in the sense that like as the season goes, if you don't have enough depth at that corner position, those guys are gonna wear it, not wear down like to the, the point where it's really bad, but you want to have some of that rotation. Like those guys, like that's Mike Zimmer defense. Remember 2017, 18? Like those guys are <laughs> literally playing like a hundred percent of the, the time yeah. and you could tell by the end of the season. Some sometimes it wears on guys because it's a lot. That's a lot on your body, and so if and I know I know some of these positions, it's harder to like rotate out in and out of. But um, when you don't have the confidence, some of the guys behind them to give some of those guys a a, a, a breather every once in a while, it's it's tough. And yeah. so it's early, so I, I don't want to like make this like a panic hit the panic button type of thing because those guys are playing good. Um, but it's just I something think it's to like all... think about.
0: I think it, I think it could be situational too. Like yeah, that's because true. of the games that we were in, they don't maybe feel as comfortable putting in depth because they need to make plays and get back into those games. Um, but obviously guys do need rest. So they got 10 days to rest on defense, but let's uh, let's transition here. Let's talk about the offense. Um, obviously there were some, again, self-inflicted wounds on that side of the ball, but when you look at guys like Kirk Cousins, jo- Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, like I think, I think the passing game has been ad as advertised. One hundred percent. And the only concern I have is, what are we going to do with this running game? Alexander Madison eight for twenty eight, three and a half yards. Ty Chandler again, no no, no rushing yards. Like he had that at, versus Tampa. I, I just don't know what this team can do. And I and I know they're down Bradbury. I know they were down Derrissaw. And at one point, Old Udo went down, which that's a different discussion on yeah. how they're going to replace that as a depth piece. But actually, I think Quisenberry played decent.
1: But, yeah, he did solid for what he needed. Um,
0: I'm just, I'm just start. I'm really starting to get concerned about this run game. And you can't be just one dimensional. You can't just be, a Mm -hmm. full on passing team, you have to be able to run the ball to some capacity and this team can't do it. And it, I think that probably shows why they brought in guys like Kareem hunt, Mike Davis. Maybe they think it's that, but I think it also could be the offensive line. So I don't know. Uh, But that's probably my top concern as we head into, you know, week three versus the chargers.
1: Yeah. And I think the hard part there is like to expect Kirk cousins to play to this level all the time because we've seen it like Kirk Cousins in these situations games like games like Thursday he played he played really well and but we know that there's going to be stretches where Kirk's not going to play that well because that's just he rides a little bit of a roller coaster like Kirk's usually always like an above average quarterback yep average average to above average quarterback like right now he's playing probably just a little bit above that his above his like skills and like that's okay um early but you need to like like to your point you really need to establish a little bit more of a true run game to help Kirk Cousins out because he can't – you can't put the entire offense on his shoulders every game, every – like, the entire season. Like, um, you need games where you can grind it out a little bit more, where you can, you know, um be a little bit more effective in the run game so that, you know, you can open things up in, a, in, a, in, a, in the passing game other ways. It's not – like, I don't think you need to be an effective run team to be good at play action, but what you need to be good at is running the ball so that teams aren't only focused on the pass game. Like, yeah. if you're a team that has – a solid defensive line. Why would you play anything other than dime against this team and just triple cover Justin <laughs> Jefferson and like and like those things? Like seriously, like like what has the Vikings run game done that like has you worried on tape? There's nothing. Yeah. It's not just Madison. It's not just Chandler. the The run scheme in itself, they're not fit to be like a gap type scheme. I think I think they've struggled with inside zone. Like yeah. this O line was built, and I I know this like two of the starters were out, but. Like the O line that we've see that uh, we see to date outside of um, Ed Ingram was built to be a outside zone run scheme, and I'm not saying that they need to just go back to that exact scheme, but that's what they were built to be and they were good at. Yeah. And when you take some of that away, I think I think these guys aren't as good in some of those specific areas. Now, I'd love to go talk to like a Brandon Thorne or like even Nick Olson, Matt Freeze, and see what those guys are saying because um, what I struggle with is just. I don't think they're built to be like they're not going to go beat guys up. That's not what the, the, this O this line is built to be. Like that's not the type of players they are. Christian Darisaw is his own beast, like that guy. <laughs> but like in general, like that's just not what this O line is built for. They're yeah. built for sp- their speed. They're built to like get to, get to gaps, get to space um, and let their running backs cut off of them, not drive guys into the ground. And so I think the hard part there is there, I think there's like the O line coach, there's probably the, and the run game coordinator, Cooper. Um, I just really think there's like a, an internal um, like struggle of like what to do with this run game. Um, so I, I don't know how to fix it, but I think there definitely needs to be more of an adjustment on, on, on how they get those guys out in space and allow those guys to be more of a true outside zone. Um, o line, because that's what they were like created. Like that's what they are brought in for when, from the old regime. Um, so I think that's the biggest hurdle. Um, and to your point, we, we, we can't just – it can't just be like a – what how many uh, dropbacks did Kirk have? Like 55, 60 – like – He threw the ball
0: 44 times.
1: 44 times. Like that's – and and you see why he gets strip-sacked on some of those because Kirk's not the type of player to like go make plays outside of structure, outside the pocket. So if he gets beat quickly, uh, especially off his back, he's not seeing that coming and he's getting strip-sacked. Like that's going to happen on occasion. We've seen that in the past from Kirk. That's not just a Kirk issue. That's obviously yeah. an online issue, but like that's a structural – um, like offensive scheme issue too. Um, and so how do you start mitigating some of that risk um, if you can't run the ball? Like it's really yeah. hard to mitigate risk when you can't run the football and you shouldn't always have to be in second and third and long situations all the time um, because you can't run the ball. And I think that's just really going to hurt this team long-term if they don't get that fixed quickly. Cause this game coming up, it's kind of a do or die situation for both teams.
0: Mhm. Yeah, uh the Chargers obviously have lost their first two games as well. Maybe more heartbreaking than the Vikings have lost theirs. Uh, let me ask you a question. This is just to play devil's advocate here. Um is the run game more of an issue given the games that we've been in because we've been, you know, fighting to get back and in you know, take the lead, maybe more so in the Eagles game than the Philly yeah. or, or the the Bucks game. But when you're down And you have to try and get back in the game. Like you kind of have to abandon the run to a certain degree. Maybe that's part of it. Like I'd love to see this. I'd love to see this team in this defense play with a lead. Um, Mm -hmm. because I really think that can change a lot. Um, especially especially on the defensive side of the ball. But, um, if they can't get the run game figured out though, and they do have a lead, you're going to allow a lot of teams to come back. Because if you can't. Have long sustaining drives. I mean, we saw it. the Eagles did it to us, just a long sustaining drive. We watched the Falcons yesterday do it mm-hmm. to the Packers. Um, they could not get off the field because Bijan Robinson was giving them nightmares, like they were facing AP again. And it was just <laughs> he looked good, five six yards a clip, and then they brought in their their backup Algier, and he was doing the same thing. And if you can't stop it, um, it, it really takes a toll on a defense when the the, the other team has a lead. So. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but yeah, it's it's the top of my list for for concerns heading into that Charger game.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an area that they need to figure out because I, what Kirk said it best: you you throw to, you throw to pass, but you run to win, and or throw to score, run to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tough part is you can't you can't get in that mode if you're always playing from behind or if you're in a situation where you can't run the ball at all um, yeah. to get yourself like that's why you're going to see a lot more th- three and outs from this offense because they can't run the ball at all. And yeah. that, that's not to say that the passing game can't carry. Like this is a pass first team. And I I don't think anybody has a problem with that. But when you're off, when your run game isn't efficient at all, like, and you're becoming only a path, like a pass only team, that's a different mm-hmm. scenario. And yeah. and so that, that's where this team needs to get better. So I'm with you hundred percent on that. And I think um, they need to, they need to find a solution there quickly. Otherwise things could snowball because to your point, I think the Eagles game was definitely more of a have to play from behind. I kind of likened the Eagles game a little bit to like the bills game last year mm-hmm. um, where you're, you're coming from behind. I know the, how the game ended against the bills last year, completely different scenario here, but in terms of like, you're playing a really good team, but you're doing a pretty good job limiting some of the, some of the things that they can do on defense. Yeah. Um, you're passing the ball over the field. Um, a couple you know mistakes here and there. Um, obviously, but like um, overall you're, you had to come back and throw the ball to get back into the game. Whereas the Bucs game, I think if they, you know, had been able to run the ball a bit more efficiently, we might not have seen those uh, last two drives be three and outs like those types of scenarios to to close the game. So like there's those things where I I have a hard time only blaming the defense for, for some of these games, for the reason why the Vikings are losing, because if your offense can't run the ball, if you can't get, you know, sustained drives, even if you're not always scoring on those drives, but sustaining drives to keep your defense off the field and those types of things, you're really going to be in for it um, over the long haul.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So last thing, cause we have a show on Wednesday where we'll talk a little bit probably about this and then tran- transition to the chargers game, but how validated do you feel that Zay flowers and Jordan Addison are balling out through the first two weeks?
1: Um, I mean, Addison isn't surprising to me, I think, or even
0: cause... Jaden Reed, I'll give you that one too.
1: you you can I'll take that one over anything um because I I yeah I was really high on Jaden Reed I hate that he's on the Packers um but yeah I I don't know about validated I mean you could see it on film like you can like there are certain guys on like that that you should expect things to translate to the next level route running is one of those things um if a guy is good at getting in and out of his breaks if a guy looks like he understands how to win against man coverage um now, there are things to, to still work on. These guys are young. Like, Jordan Addison had a really good game on, on Thursday, but he's still getting bullied a little bit on the outside. Like, there's, like, contact, and those things are still something that he needs to work on. Um, but that's something that you hope as the season goes, as he gets more reps, he gets more opportunities and just more tape where he can study himself and talk to guys like Justin Jefferson and learn um, he's only going to get better at, and like that yeah. shouldn't be an issue long term. So um, I'm just really excited to to be able to see these guys come out and and ball. Like when we're seeing yeah. other rookie rookie receivers do it. I mean Puka, oh my god, <laughs> that dude that broke broke the record for most uh, targets in in the first two seasons or, yeah, or receptions of the first two games. Yeah, it's um, nuts, man. That dude's a fifth round pick. I remember going into the Senior Bowl and um, guy at the Fantasy Pros, um, DeBro Derek. He was so so high on on Puka. And I I remember going in and being like oh, I think this guy's pretty good, but I don't you know he's he's kind of like he's what he is. And then he got I want I was like excited to see him at the Senior Bowl, and then he gets hurt, and I'm like, well shoot, like I was hoping to see a little bit more, you know, maybe to. Um, but that guy is ridiculous. Like that guy's <laughs> like I'm not going to call him a Cooper Cup replacement, but that guy came in and has done what they needed him to do without Cooper Cup. And I know they lost yesterday, but still, like um, he, he looked he, he good, looks, man. He looks really good.
0: He looked good. For sure, Marvin
1: Mims too. Shout out! Uh, I hate to do, hate to do this to the fans and, and to the folks because Ryan, I'm glad Ryan's not here, so we don't have to worry about it. We'll, we'll talk about it on Wednesday, <laughs> I'm sure. But uh, Marvin Mims, like yeah. he should be getting more run too. Like that, de- like he's a speedster, like the guy that wins downfield, and he showed that yesterday um, when the Broncos um, hit two two deep bombs. So uh, yeah. I just think this rookie class and receivers in in, the, in general are having bigger impacts earlier. And I just, it's so fun for a guy that loves that position
0: yeah it's a it's gonna be a bigger discussion I think this off season because um obviously kJ Osborne's in a contract year and I just have a hard time seeing the Vikings bringing him back I could be wrong um, well, there's
1: some struggles there too and you kind of yeah, feel for kJ because I do he's better than than what he's put on film so far and we yeah. know that um because we see him all the time but um he's a guy that you you hope can bounce back because I think addison's nipping at his heels right now mm-hmm. um well that doesn't mean there isn't a role for KJ in this offense either
0: yeah yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, so that's probably the recap, I guess, for for last Thursday night's game. I don't know if we got too much more we can we can dive into, but on Wednesday night we'll rehash a little bit if we've realized we missed anything. I'm sure Ryan will have some outlandish takes again because Baker <laughs> and the Bucks are two and zero. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll pick this back up on Wednesday live at seven o'clock. Um, thank you guys for watching. Hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, hit us up in the comments if you agree disagree with anything we have to say we always love hearing from you guys and uh, until next time school vikings